story, guys. I'm Murdoch. I'm Brian. This is a fake game show. It's a uh, bunch of real stories with fake points awarded at the end. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we just ate some chicken. Drinking Dr. Pepper. We we want you to give you a glimpse into the high life. <laughs> this is this is what happens around the Story Guy Studios. There was actually actually one of our most controversial episodes was the episode in which you said you were eating gas station chicken, and uh, I I got a phone call from someone who knows where where our studio is, and said, um, "Hey, you're right next to Lee's famous recipe." Yeah. And I think we had discussed that we had never eaten it, and he said, "This is just a travesty. I can't believe you haven't eaten Lee's." So you. On the way today, sent me a picture of a box of Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken. Yeah, so first... I, I would went, like to say they are not sponsoring the show, but if they would like to, a donation in any amount would help pay for the server. I will point out, I went across the street to the gas station. No food on Saturdays, the weekends. That's oh, a Monday so that's Friday. how this happened. You were still going to go with your first love. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then I thought, man, uh, you got to give it a try, our whatever pot like every day so for the people who don't know the sign there's a rhyme and it's different every day and every single day there is some guy who this is his thing this this, this is, is his yeah. thing and i did i did know like the place is very small inside like there's yeah. just like a counter and like a couple of tables yeah so i'm still eating fried chicken so yeah uh, ignore the smacking uh, it's delicious um okay so a few things we need to take care of first of all i realized that we are uh, into January, and I bought you a Christmas present that I totally forgot to give you, so I'm just going to give it to you right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. Ex- I, I don't want a Christmas present back. I just happen to be shopping for other people, and I ran across this, and I was like, "This is the most Murdoch thing I've ever seen in my entire life." So you will have to describe for the audience what it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's it's one of those bottle openers that's like a weapon. It's you know it, it, it's like metal, but it, it it's uh how do you, what's the shape? This so, is so neat. It's it's rectangular. It's rec- cylindrical kind of. Yeah, it's rectangular but like it's got rounded edges. So it's not a rectangle. And and then on one side of it it's got I don't know what record label it is, but it's Heavy D and the Boys Girls G Y R L S they love me. So the the actual vinyl record I, is overlaid on top of the bottle opener. This is so good. <laughs> This, let me tell you what this is going to go with that someone else gave me, that someone else bought, that they saw, and they were like, yep, getting that from Murdoch. It is a coaster, and it's of Mr. T sitting on Nancy Reagan's lap, or vice versa. I can't remember which way it is. But I, I like that. how we know exactly which era to buy you stuff from. 80s. Well, I mean, I actually was in a, a in a place where they had a whole stack of these and they were all different vinyl records that they'd used and I went through a stack of like 40 oh. and picked out the Heavy D. Well, I saw, as soon as I saw Heavy D and the boys I was like, this is the one I'm buying okay. Murdoch! Like there was like an old, there was like a Waylon or something, I don't think it was Waylon, but there was like an old country one that was like neck and neck, but when I found Heavy D I was like Do you remember, remember their hit? Heavy D and the boys. Why'd you sing it for us? Now that we found love, what are we gonna do? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so belated, <laughs> belated Merry Christmas, and Thank I can't, you. I can't wait to uh, have get... you crack open a beer for me and then place it on a Nancy Reagan Mr. T yeah. coaster. I got you nothing. So Merry Christmas. No man, your presence on this podcast <laughs> is enough for me. Thank you for all you do for this show. There was that moment, you know, Christmas shopping with us where we were somewhere and we looked at each other without having, and my wife and I, without having to say anything where it's like, well, okay, well, we're over budget. I guess like, and in our head, like the over budget is like beyond over budget. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> it's like, we all have that moment. And then Christmas you're like, shopping. oh, well, okay, well, screw it. 
Yeah. Let's just pay yep. in, pay interest on these presents. Yep. American Christmas. That's right. For our international listeners, there you go, a little taste. But we we did buy quality quality gifts, I think. Good. I will say. I did want one thing for Christmas that I said out loud and mentioned it in an email and didn't get it. Mm-mm. Do you get a, like, a bunch of flack for like not having things? like When they're like, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know what to get you for Christmas. And then... You give them ideas and they don't get it for you. No, um, I I wanted an I wanted a there was a band T-shirt that I wanted mm-hmm. and like that was it. Yeah, I had a Talking Heads T-shirt on my list. Yeah, that's that's all I wanted. Yeah, what was your band T-shirt? Uh, Idols. I wanted an Idols. T-shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never. If you know Mark at all, yeah, you've heard a lot about Idols in the past few months. <laughs> and and uh, so I, that didn't happen. And then we go to like a Christmas thing, and then uh, our my other friend Brian, him and his daughter have matching. Frightened Rabbit T-shirts. Ooh, yeah. Like, think about that. That's pretty legit, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, a, a couple other things we need to take care of before we really get to the meat of the show, where we trade stories with each other, and that are is some updates from past stories. First, we need to go back a few episodes to where you told us the story of your New Year's Eve and what happened to your finger. I'm happy to report that I'm looking at uh, Murdoch now and. While there is a portion of it that is very black, yeah. his finger is intact and it looks like it's fully functional. Can you can you stretch that thing? I've got the nerve endings are back and everything. Oh my, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So everything worked out. I got the stitches taken out. and Will it eventually not be black? Yeah, I mean, that's just a huge scab. Uh, it'll, turn mm, into okay. a weird, it'll turn into a weird scar and then the fingernail is going to be weird. Uh, for I guess a long time. Well, you know what they say: you will be able to tell this story for a long time. That's right. Hundred bad days, hundred good stories. When I was in that room, uh, you know, after post shock, after cutting my pinky, uh, one of the ladies turned to my wife and said, "Well, here's this shark bite tale. <laughs> it's going to tell the rest of his life. Here it is." Yeah, but unfortunately, it was not an amazing uh, a que- creature of the deep sea. It was a Kitchen, a, a kitchen appliance. <laughs> yeah. On Tuesday, because I have to let it breathe, on Tuesday I just took the Band-Aid off at work and, and just went with the assumption that people are either going to not notice it, they're going to notice it, or they're going to say, oh, my God, what is wrong with your finger? So what happened? Um, I've noticed some people noticing it, uh, and then otherwise There's people, always that moment where you're like, do you say something? Or but for me it's like, was I supposed to notice this a long time ago? Because yeah. nothing's worse than pointing out something that, like, has been there forever, and you're just super unobservant. <laughs> you're just drawing attention to the fact that. Yeah, but it's like you know, it'd be different if like I had this like on my neck or something. It's my pinky. Yeah, that's, that's totally true. That's anyway, true. I'm gonna make it. Second update. Speaking of people who are gonna make it, my dad, after yeah. nearly three weeks in basic quarantine, has been released from the doctor. They still will not say that it was actually measles, mumps, or rubella, but they will say it was a reaction to the. Um, to the shot, which I don't understand any yeah. of that. I need someone who is more medically mindful than I to send an email to we are the story guys at gmail.com and explain this to me. But I, no one's no one's going to go as far as saying we you know he's a full on patient zero now or an anti vaxxer. We're not going to say that about you. Yeah, yeah, please don't. Um, and so. I've had a lot of conversations about Jenny McCarthy at random with people right. over the past few weeks because yeah. of this. Um, I've also t- talked to like people who don't know my dad who are like, how's your dad? And I'm like, how do you know about that? Oh, uh, yeah. We talked about it on the show. Um, 
So oh, man, no, it's it's been great. There's been a lot of concern, and he is uh, he's doing okay. He was like immediately, as soon as he got the all clear from the doc, the infectious disease doctor, he was like, "I gotta go out." I gotta go out, and he just like because he hadn't been out of the house. I was stuck. Yeah, yeah for like weeks. He's a shut in. What did yeah, he go so do? He was just. What did he go do? Yeah. What does your dad do when he uh, got he, out of the house? He's real into the Goodwill thrift store. Oh wow! Well, so does my mom. He should go hang out. <laughs> if I can get my mom up here. Yeah. I also told you off the record, but I will say on the record that my dad attributed part of his healing to your statement on the episode about <laughs> this, where you said, "quote I'm just I'm going to misquote you, but I'll get close." Uh, your dad's going to be heralded into heaven with trumpets and a chariot, while my dad drives a Camaro into the bowels of hell. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, he called me guffawing, if I can use that term, and said, "Tell yeah. Murdoch that I think I'm better because of that only." It would be more appropriate with the El Camino with him than a Camaro, but yeah, um, I did buy. I was with uh, when I went to um, see my parents for the holidays. My mom was like, "Let's go to Goodwill," and, and I'm puzzled on why this is a thing, and it's filled with men. In my hometown, I have no idea. What, well, I mean, what, it's probably filled with men here if my dad is a, to test case. I, I don't know. Yeah. And I found a T-shirt that I thought was for me, but it was. I looked, and it said large, but it was youth large. And I was like, bummer. <laughs> but it said, but here's what it said. <laughs> but it said. I'm uh, just imagining you holding it up, like, against your chest, and, and the story yeah, goes down, like, above your belly button. So my daughter's standing there, and I'm like, oh, man, I got a shirt for you. And it says, nah. Rosa Parks. <laughs> that's what. It, that's the shirt. And for me, it's like who? Who? This gave, was this was gave, in Lewisburg, Tennessee. Who? So, who gave that away? Someone got that because they had a progressive relative, and they were like, "Here, maybe if I give them clothing that <laughs> talks about the civil rights movement." They're like, "Nah, man, nah. Not, no. This is going to goodwill." Nah. Stay in the black of, back of the bus. <laughs> no, nah, bucker. That's what happened. It's like I saw that and I was like, "This is the best T-shirt." So the the, the day I sent her to school with that T-shirt, and I was like, "Make sure and report back and tell me what your day was like with that T-shirt." What, what'd she say? She was like, "Everyone loved my T-shirt. Every like all the kids like teachers. Every like it's this, funny. It's this a- is why you go to Goodwill." I actually did uh, see someone commenting publicly recently that one thing they were going to try to do this year was only purchase clothing. Um, from a from sort from from thrift stores like secondhand clothing yeah. as a way of of basically like being sustainable right and 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 eco friendly. Um, I'm getting crabs. Wait, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> my mom would say. My, my my dad has actually done a really good job throughout his life of finding th- and we've talked about his thriftiness before because it comes from my grandma and that's yeah, been on, right. We've talked yeah. about that on the show, but he is had some pretty classy finds. You just have to dig through a lot of stuff. And, like, I don't go as far as the thrift store, but I still, like, you give me a good TJ Maxx outing, which is, and my brother tries to act like this is not a thing, and he doesn't do it with clothing. But listen, so he goes to TJ, my brother. Give me a good TJ Maxx outing, Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) So ridiculous. Out of your mouth to the ears of all of our listeners. My brother's in New York, (laughs) right? And he texts me the other day, and he's like, bro. He's like, I'm in TJ Maxx right now. And this is funny because this is coming from my brother who kind of acts like he doesn't have the thrifting gene. And he's like, bro, I'm in TJ Maxx right now. And I found this uh, Bluetooth speaker. And it's like one of those big, like it kind of looks like an 80s boom box. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, yeah. Yeah. So they retail for about 100, between $150 and $250. And he's standing in TJ Maxx with one that is marked down to $39.99. And he he is sending me screenshots of the fact that he has looked at the serial number and looked it up at Best Buy 
and at several other places and every other place if he's going to buy it on the internet is going to be 150 to 250 dollars and it's 40 dollars and he's like do i buy it do i buy it? i don't know do i buy it and then the next thing I get, like I'm not available or something, so I have that sitting in my text. And then I get a text later, and he's because <laughs> the appeal of this speaker I need to explain is that it's fully waterproof. And yes. so there's there's a picture or there's a video he sends me, and it's this speaker in his sink playing hip hop beats <laughs> with water just going dunk 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 bouncing on the speaker and him cackling in the background. And I was like, all I could say was like, bro, you, you, the apple didn't fall, fall from the tree. He's yeah. like, no one's as excited about the speaker as me. I was like, you clearly haven't called dad. Dad's going to be stoked. Yeah. Water- not, yeah. I mean, he can't wear it, but he's going to understand that you got this for $40 when you should have paid 200 bucks for it. <laughs> uh, it was like, it was so, oh man, it made me laugh a lot. So I uh, haven't been to TJ Maxx a lot. Um, I get uncomfortable when I go in one and everything's disheveled. Well, that's the that's it's the, the challenge, tr- Mark. It's that's the, the challenge. Yeah, I do think you that, have to earn that forty dollar, one hundred and fifty dollar item. I, I do think that there that Coles is in a very different category sure. than TJ TJ Maxx. Yes. However, the receipt that you get from both of them is like the A, a of the phone novel. book, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> but I love the Col- I love the Coles receipt when you get it, and is they this ha- a receipt or the new Colson Whitehead. They, they hand it to you, and they go. Uh, you saved nine hundred and thirty dollars. <laughs> like, I bought a dress for my wife. What is this? How does? <laughs> this That's so true, imaginary man. savings. That's so true. So, uh, speaking of stories, we're just like we're chill, chilling them out for free today. Uh, let, let's get to the topic. The way the show works is that we um, we pick a story, uh, or we pick a topic from a series of story starters, which are. Topics, usually song titles, that we will jump into. We had a listener request to jump into the catalog of Madonna, which... You're kidding. Yeah, so right. here's here's what's in the hat. Are you ready to hear this? Yep. Okay, in the hat we have Express Yourself, Yes. Justify My Love, uh-huh. Live to Tell, mm-hmm. Holiday, to tell. Okay. Lucky Star, I threw it a bunch in, um, and then only because of my love for A League of Their Own, uh, this used to be my playground. I, that, that's in that movie? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's from the soundtrack. Yeah, I love that so, movie, but uh, so, there's no crying in baseball. But I didn't know that's in do, there. Do you remember this song? Hold on, I'm gonna play a clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, the the piano. It's so early '90s. But it's, used to be my playground. Yeah, it's a sad. It's a sad. Oh man, it's like this is this is why they made Kleenex. So you could cry. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so like borderline. So yeah. let's pick. Uh, to the groove better. Let's pick. Here we go. Okay. All Justify right. my love would be. Good. I don't know. Justify my love might not be family friendly. Let's see. It's not what we got. We're pulling out. Oh, this used to be my playground. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's really what you pulled out. That's what I pulled out. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Do we need to hear it again? Oh, good lord! Really? <laughs> no. Oh, um, okay. So I, I've got a I've got a playground story. Um, um okay. so so I remember when I was in second grade um I'm thinking of the timeline here we had moved into a small town in southern Indiana not too far from Louisville when I was in the second grade um and I went to the local elementary school there 
which I recently drove past, and I actually drove, like this is within the last month, I had to go pick something up in that small town, and I realized how close I was to where I grew up, and I drove up by the school, and I literally drove back to see the playground. And a lot of it is still in the same shape, which is very, very interesting. And I remember that at that playground, I went through this weird phase where I got bored with actually doing things during recess, so I was like instead creating comics and like, I don't think I was selling them, but I was like distributing them on the playground. Uh, but like, I was a preacher's kid who thought I was edgy. So I was like, they were kind of like, they were like adult comics. Like they were like, I, I don't want to say they were R rated, but they, I, I thought they were R rated for being an, <laughs> a 10 year old preacher's kid. Like Samantha- I specifically remember at one point I, I issued uh, Samantha Fox takes Manhattan. <laughs> What's it? What's no. it? What's an almost R-rated comic for a preacher's kid? Well, they, no, no, I don't understand what this. There was means. a comic that used the word abortion. I think at one point. So like I, you know, good like, lord. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is the thing about that household. Like elementary school. It, yeah, it's all black and white. There's no like in between. So you're either like talking about like <sighs> like you're talking about daisies or you're talking about abortion. Like anyway. So anyway, that's not my story. My but I I did used to pedal comics about abortion on the playground in fifth grade I, I, I don't i don't know i remember sneaking we had this barn garage like it was a garage it, it was built like a barn i think it was initially a barn and it had been turned into like a place to put your car it, on the property we lived on and there was a loft there was an old school loft above it i remember crawling up in the loft to like draw these but like in the afternoons after yeah. school anyway my brief foray as <laughs> a comic book artist eat your heart out stanley so um <laughs> My, my actual story about playgrounds, though, would involve going uh, on a tour of a private school. So when I was in third grade, my parents got this line on a school, a Christian school, because, I mean, if they left me in the public school, I might end up writing comics about abortion. So they um, it, were like, we're going to go visit this private school. And we went with another family friend of ours who is still a good buddy of mine. And so this was like at the end of second grade, I think, or the beginning of third grade. So I was like my son's age. And I still remember to this day walking by the playground of this school. And it was like, it's like a scene out of a movie. And there's like kids playing and people are jump roping and playing basketball. And there's one kid in the corner who another kid has got him shoved in a corner and is trying to take a basketball from him. All right. And this kid's like, no, you can't take my basketball. You can't do it. No. And he's wearing a Bengal sweatshirt. And he looks like like he just looks like freckles, glasses, like the kind of kid that you would take a basketball from on the playground. Right. Yeah. And this is happening. And this is like the main thing I remember about that tour. Right. It turns out we they don't send me to the school at that point. So that's before or right during third grade. Um, but my other friend does go there. The friend that went on the tour with us in third grade. So I continue to go to the public school in the small town and then in sixth grade i don't know i guess our finances were in better shape or whatever and uh, or they got some who knows what happened and so then they decide they're gonna send me to this private school in sixth grade okay and in sixth grade i show up and the first person i see is this same kid like he's been <laughs> going there the whole time and i immediately recognize him because for some reason it made such an impression on me that this like i think because the idea of like i felt like he was being bullied like up against the and he's loud a little bit opinionated, um, but I realized very quickly, now being with a bunch of sixth graders, which is, again, it's kind of funny because the two eras of this story line up with my kids, so my daughter is in sixth grade now, so, um, and, man, 
boys in sixth grade are jerks, right? <laughs> and so it's like a small <laughs> class. It's a small school. It's a small class. And even in this controlled environment that's supposed to be a private Christian school, they're just mostly all jerks, all, all the boys. And so very quickly, I realized that there are all these other boys who I don't feel like I belong with. And then there's this one kid that I saw back on the tour. Um, and so a few months in, I find, I re- specifically remember sitting in the classroom at, at like an angle and looking at the two different sides of the room. And one side is these guys, and they're all kind of just making fun of this other kid. And I'm like, I can choose to be on one of these sides of the room. I can either be with all these guys who are clearly jerks and want to talk about, hey, man, you want to play you want to play ball? You want to play? You know, it's just not me when I was in sixth grade. Or there's this other kid who is fiercely independent in doing what he wants to do. And uh, so I just, like, got up and walked over and was, like, just just said – not I don't think I said to him, but I said to myself, like, I'm just going to be this guy's friend because I can't hang out with those dudes because they're tools. And um, we I, – I made a concentrated effort to be, like, like, so what do you like? And he was, like, man, I'm into – old radio shows have you ever listened to old radio shows and we started talking about Abbott and Costello and Jack Benny and at some point during that year we attempted during a talent show to actually do who's on first wow which is very, very difficult yeah for, for kids <laughs> it is all about timing my yeah. friend it's difficult for adults um but we started spending a lot of time together and uh I would now reveal that he is my best friend in the world, uh, Ben Wilson, who you've probably met, no! who is a professor, what? a professor in in Southern literature, yeah, at UK. So yeah, that's how I met Ben was on a playground as he was getting bullied and a ball taken away from him. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's my guy. He's my guy. So I've told that story before to my kids of like sometimes you got to stand in a corner of the room and say which which side of the room are you going to take? Wow, what a great story. Yeah, I love that guy. And he is uh, still fiercely independent. I've always joked that his problem was that he uh, has been a college professor since the day I met him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's yeah. always had that vibe. And he wears... That was the vibe I got when I met him. Yeah, and he and he wears, uh, like, he was wearing blazers with elbow patches back then. He, I, I mean, this is not a lie. I remember standing in, in a... Um, cafeteria line and in front of me one kid was pitching the tractors and dead eye dick on cassette to me and dead he was and he was behind yeah. me pitching being like dude you should read this and it was the rise and the fall of the third Reich. <laughs> i swear that's a true story so just to give you a little perspective on like the two sides of the room wow. uh, but i have chosen wisely i should say i've chosen wisely and i love that guy like wow. a brother and he is he is very much next to my brother who everyone knows i adore and i've already told a story about he's he's my brother from another mother so that's my playground story <laughs> level up bro what do you got okay so i had to look up the lyrics uh because i wanted to make sure that i remember the song and i do uh because it's been a long time. I mean, I haven't heard that song in a this long time. This uh, is not on the Greatest Hits collection of Madonna, I don't think. Right, right, right. <clears throat> but, um, okay, so I got it. So, this isn't literally the playground, but it kind of is. So, when, initially when I met my wife, we, like, we fell in love, and uh, I wanted her to come see the 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 amazing glory that that is my hometown. So, so you know, I wanted her to see. Yes, please see these. See, no, I get to go. By the way, see these things. I mean, it's it's a road trip and a half, man. I mean, you want to go? It's it's fun. I mean, we can drop. All right. By. So so you take a Swedish person to Lewisburg, Tennessee. Tell me about that culture shock. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to 
I'm going to have to flip back and forth between our two experiences because they're radically different. So, I mean, at some point, like, if you want to, you, just, you can take a two-lane highway into town. You don't have to be on the interstate. But I wanted to show her, like, well, here's where I went to elementary school. Um, and uh, here it is now. It's like a, you know, I guess there's, like, administrators in it or whatever now. But when I was a kid, we didn't have air conditioning in it. And when I was in kindergarten, they had to close schools. So we didn't have air conditioning, you know. Yeah, this private school that I talked about, we totally did that. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it was, it's totally bizarre. <clears throat> and I do remember being on that playground and getting – spun around on the the merry-go-round so much by a bunch of other kids where I was stuck on it by myself to where, like, I had that almost vertigo vomit thing, like, but they wouldn't let me off the merry-go-round. That sucked. And I and playing dodgeball, and guys would hit me in the head, uh, and I'd have to go to the office. Uh, you know, a sickly, tiny little person. Um, yeah, so I, I showed her that, and, and, and the one thing that has never been... I've never been able to live down was this statement that I made one time to her was, where I grew up, sometimes there was this sense of danger. Now, she thinks this is as funny as you're trying not to laugh. Now, she thinks this is so hilarious. So, But, but I can give real examples. I, I remember being, in addition to like, you know, the... the being a little kid and being, you know, there's bullying and things like that or whatever. I remember being in, uh, I left and went to college and came home one summer and I'm driving around the square, you know, you're just driving around town aimlessly like the movie Dazed and Confused. And a very old friend of mine who I had kindergarten with, he's like waving me down and he goes, hey Murdoch, uh, I heard you're going with blah, blah, blah's girlfriend. He's going to come up here and kick your butt. And I'm like, who? <laughs> I don't live here. Uh, and then he follows me <laughs> to another parking lot and then asks me about it. I'm like, man, I don't live here, man. So he and a bunch of other guys go and find him in another parking lot and then like beat him up in a parking lot. For, like the, the guy who was going to beat you up? Yeah. Yes, I remember that happening. I was nineteen. That like that occurred, and then. But when I was in high school, we would go. We had these like bonfire parties. So you'd go out to someone who yeah. like had a yeah. farm, and yeah. their parents would let people go out there, and they'd have a bonfire. And it happened more than once where someone would come up and say, "Hey, man, person X is coming here, and they're gonna they want to beat you up. Like, you need to get out of here." And I would be clueless. It's just some older. An older boy, like an older kid who wanted to beat me up for I don't know what. Like, I don't know what I'd done or what girl I talked to or whatever it was. But there was always that. So I had given her that piece of information. Now, the reason why this piece of information about there being a sense of danger has not worked and it's just hilarious to her is I was taking her through the town and I wanted to show her my, where my middle school was. Which, by the way, ended up being like filled with like asbestos and like the commercials about where you call the lawyer for the, all like that like our teachers got cancer from being in there like you know and now it's you know, there's there was a church in there or something but we we're driving by and we we're driving through it and i had to stop because there were chickens 
crossing the road. <laughs> I was going to say goat. As soon as you started telling this portion of the story, I was like, please tell me a goat crossed no, the no. road. Chickens are even... No. Because chickens do nothing eloquently. No. We'll talk about the feigning goat festival on another episode. This is just the one part of the, the, the chickens. And I had to... And I wanted to, you know... Like, this is this is me growing up, you know? And, and my middle school looked kind of... It looked cool. Like, that was my mom's high school. And then I wanted to drive her, like, so, well, here's my, here's my high school. You know, it's like all one floor. And I, I do remember doing a this is my playground moment with college friends when I was, like, 19. And they're like, we want to go to Lewisburg and see what it's like. So I drove them, and I took them to where my high school was. And they were like, this is, this looks like a warehouse. You went, <laughs> you went to high school here? And they went to, like, Hendersonville High, and they didn't have, like, a thing like that. So eventually, once I got to go to Sweden, I saw where my wife went to high school, which looked like, you know, a church from the 14th century from a movie. <laughs> yeah. And, and every, like, there's things there from the, the, the 12th century, the 13th century, because... You know, what didn't happen in Scandinavia is that our ancestors came over here, you know, 400 years ago and invaded this place and, and uh, you know, and basically took over like this crazy genocide and, and knocked all the people, the indigenous people off this continent. That wasn't happening there. So all the buildings and everything's still there. And it's like lush and beautiful and gorgeous. You know, we have warehouses here. Yeah. Um, but I do remember I had the opportunity when a new elementary school, and this makes me feel like such a dummy. There was a new elementary school that was built when I was a kid, and we got to pick, you know, there was actually a choice of, like, which elementary school did you want to go to? Do you want to go to the new one or the old one? And I actually rationalized in my head as a little kid, and somehow my mom thought this made sense, too, that I wanted to go to the new new elementary school because their playground was better. <laughs> well, I mean... Like that is exactly how you would make that decision. <laughs> like, why would you not? Like, if you give that decision to a kid, that is the only criteria you use. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's that it. makes total sense to me. Yeah. Speaking of old elementary schools, when I lived in Hot Springs, Arkansas, <clears throat> there was a old elementary school building that is, I believe, the elementary school that William Jefferson Clinton went to at some point because you know he was from Arkansas. And they had gotten a bunch of, I think, grant money or federal money to go in and restore it. And they had turned it into artist lofts. So they take it all of these big um, old school classrooms and just made them these big one room lofts. And then there was a, a if you went through a process, you could actually live there Um for like pretty cheap because yeah. they wanted to encourage like the building of an artist community in this old building. Right. So we, at the end of high school, we knew some people that were living there and I remember hanging out there a lot and there was a plan at one point. I was just thinking about this while you're telling the story about the, what the school, different schools looked like. Um, there was a plan at one point between me and my best friend, Chris, that we were going to get an apartment there with all the people that we knew, like he and I would share a, a place. And, um, and we would go to community college for a couple of years, and then we would decide what we were going to do with our lives. Um, and I think sometimes about what that, like 
that weird sliding doors moment. Like, what would have been different had I stayed there instead of gone to state school? Three, like, I don't think it would have been good, uh, considering that most of the time people that I know that stayed in Hot Springs, I mostly only know that they're still there because they show up in mugshots in the Hot Springs Sentinel record and someone sends it to me. Hey, remember this person? Um, But I do remember, like, the deal breaker. Like, we, we had this brief period where we're like this is what we're gonna do we're gonna live together in this apartment and then i remember being like and i'll get up in the morning and i'll make eggs and he's like bro i don't like eggs at all and i was like never mind we're not gonna do that <laughs> so I similar to like your eggs. similar to your whole thing about like basing the decision on the playground i you know my sliding doors moment was oh he doesn't like scrambled eggs never mind this yeah. can't work out <laughs> so can we give you the points your story was much better uh i'll take them gladly yeah. um uh shout out to to my buddy ben uh and I, yeah I'll, t- I'll take them I'll yeah. put them on my mantle. Um, hey, a few story guys, housekeeping things to take care of. Um, we, you can always get involved. We are the story guys at gmail.com. That, uh, the website is we are the story where you can also find information about our other show. Rock and roll bedtime stories. You have to check it out. It's super fun for music fans. And anybody that is coming here because they've heard that welcome. Thank you so much for checking it out. And, uh, we, we should have some new episodes up very soon. We are working on some new things. Also live appearances. I have just confirmed that I will once again for the second year in a row be hosting the 2020 uh, Addy Awards for uh, the Louisville Ad Federation. Oh, you get to do that. I do get to do that, which is very fun. That's coming up at the end of February. Um, and Can I be your date or something? We're Can working I? on... You, you want to come? You yeah. want to come? And then, the, the food's usually pretty good. I mean, I don't want to do anything... <laughs> Like I want to, I want to go to one of those things, Brian. Brian, I want to go to one of those things and have no responsibility. Yeah, just, I mean, except the responsibility to eat the free food and drink the free drinks. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to yeah. be up for anything yep. or do anything or have to get up. Yep. Did you ever go in your ad agency life? Uh, your employer is yeah. typically represented. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're the internal agency at your spot. I mean, which I know you don't control, but. Yeah, you should you should ask your boss for some tickets. Come hang. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, I, keep <laughs> up with everything. Hang out with doing. you. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. I actually last year that's I negotiated that into like I was like, I'll do this, but you have to. I had another friend who wanted to come, and I was like, Jim's got to be able to come. And they were like, oh, okay. Uh, so if you want to get involved, we are the story guys at gmail dot com. We are the story dot com, and um, you know, regardless of what you do. There is one thing that we ask of you over the next week. What is that? Keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Ryan Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2020, Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.